Well, hello and welcome to Inexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Inexos nerd, Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Hello everybody, welcome to episode 5 of InXS Access All Areas, the podcast designed to delve deep into the legacy of InXS, get this band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and educate and uh, enlighten listeners to the whole history of the band and their greatness. So, welcome B. how's your InXS week been? It's been rather good, it's rather good, there's always something going on in our little community. Um, I mm-hmm. flashed a, yep. um, a photo up on our Facebook page page of Guinness, um, the band that Kirk and Tim um, started with two other members and we wanted to find out who the other two members were and uh, Joe Robbins was very quick on the Google <laughs> and she flashed it up within I think it was something like five seconds so well done Joe Queen Kajin, um Queen well I know of Guinness I don't know the other two members so yeah, that yeah. probably qualifies Joe for uber fandom doesn't mm, it now mm, oh she is very much an uber, uber fan uber fandom uber uber fan um, so yes yeah, so if you want to find out go to the in excess page which is in excess access all areas I'm sure there was more, but I can't tell you too much. But we're very excited about our guest, aren't we? You wanted to tell about the guest. Exponent and a purveyor of all the songs of In Excess, Blair Dwyer from Don't Change is is going to be on with us. And I know you're excited, (laughs) B. But, you know, throughout the... Yeah, th- throughout the week, I guess we've had quite a lot of engagement with fans uh, texting in questions and things, and uh, we've compiled a list, so this won't be about us asking questions, it'll probably be more than likely about your questions with a few of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a little bit of a recap, uh, last we did have a cover version song outro that we do, and uh, I know when I asked B pre-episode to tell me who it was, she got a little bit tongue-tied. She referred to Lady as Avalo Faith. Now, for those who don't know what a pavlova is, it's a very famous Australian dessert. Okay? Um, but it was Paloma Faith. I don't know if she was joking, but you know what? She's got a guilty look on her face like she wasn't. Okay? I like sweet things. So, uh, but yes. <laughs> released this version of uh, Never Tear Us Apart uh, a few years back in the UK and Australia and things and I think it charted in both countries more in the UK mm. uh, pretty faithful rendition a step up from uh, my what not was uh, uh, cover so. the week before so yeah. your estimation would be it was an improvement yes it was a, it was a, a, a big improvement it was okay um, but there are better yeah. ones out there I think the one that you've chosen for this week is rather good oh it's very special actually and I'm not even a fan of his, but I am now. Oh, okay, because I thought this one was a bit kitsch. I thought I was deliberately going backwards. Um, oh, so. <laughs> there you go. So we're meeting. Well, we're coming together. We'll let the audience decide, <laughs> I guess, with with their with their feedback. Um, all we'll say is enjoy when that gets to come on later in the episode. Um, uh, I guess uh, uh, for newer listeners or those who are establishing themselves, um, where can all the listeners hit us up on the social media platforms? Be okay. Well, um, to interact with us we are on the facebook pages and it is in excess access all areas you can 
find this um, podcast on Spotify and you can you can Google us through um, Chrome and you can also come through the Facebook page but mainly we are on Podbeam and um, you can interact with us live on there as well because there's always one of us on there to comment back and there's loads of lovely comments from people it's really good actually we've got um, hundreds and hundreds of fans now it's quite fun <laughs> absolutely and and look bad or ugly I don't care you know mm. having a conversation and talking about access mm. is the most important thing uh, right. we do try very hard to put something out that the, the listeners appreciate and mm. um, we've had some good feedback about tweaking a couple of things or moving some segments around mm. um, you know everything's an idea everything's yep. a, a possibility yeah. like this is a very new new podcast and uh, we are not set in stone mm. albeit we do seem to get a lot of positive feedback about the segment so far mm. um, and we will continue to hopefully build and improve and, and uh, put something out there that you'll enjoy is it time for a newsflash date? Alright, updated news for all you InXS alumni and fans out there. Uh, chart Watch, which we'd always like to start with uh, in Australia. You know, the album's been in our charts for I think nine years. Uh, so we're very proud. And last week it went from 41 to 43. So only a minor slip. Um, however, I'm sure with uh, continued support and whatever there, we'll get it back up in the charts. Did even hit the 20s the other week. So it's a very fluid set of charts here in Australia. We're a little bump here and there in, in in downloads or album sales seems to uh, you know give it a, a lifeline up the charts which is good also in the USA that uh, crazy charts the Billboard Hot 100 has seen the uh, sample we talked about which is the I think Break My Heart song which is sampling Need You Tonight has gone up again so it's been up down up down up down it's gone from 39 to 34 which is a little bit crazy um, but uh, there is a little bit of presence around the charts B what's your thoughts on that yeah yeah it's good that she still up there actually isn't it I must admit I've not listened yeah. to it <laughs> <laughs> she's got another song in the top 10 at the moment but the US charts are really really weird you know they're often mm. artists who have got four or five songs in them at the moment but uh, I guess it's the era of downloads where that stuff can be yeah. you know recorded and um, yeah, you know later. reflects the times mm. we're in yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, also, too, uh, we've talked a lot about the uh, imminent release of uh, Live Baby Live or Live Baby Live, depending on which side of uh, the river you're from. In the last week or two, there's been quite a lot of uh, articles around the world. So you could punch in you know, anything to do with Live in Wembley and you'll probably see this. But uh, it was a really interesting sort of excerpt of Suicide Blonde being played at Wembley. And if you do choose to watch that, which goes maybe about four or five minutes, you'll actually see the differential with this uh, upgrade mm. so what it actually does especially for sort of audio and sonic novices like me is it actually shows a bit of a before and after of just the the color ah. uh, sort of improve that they've done in terms of upgrading the footage you actually sort of see Michael's wearing B <laughs> uh, and what all the band are wearing and you sort of see the, the you know the old you know technology and you yeah. sort of see the, the color upgrade oh, which so is which is fantastic it's it's mm. really really interesting Makes um, it all ping out. you also get to what's that makes it ping out it's comes alive absolutely yeah mm. and and you get to see the scope and the size because obviously they've sort of widened sort of the the footage etc there mm. into a higher sort of uh sort of panoramic shots and things like that um you get to hear the sound differences etc there and some people don't always appreciate you know when these 
type of things get re-engineered and things but this is a really good example of before and after and you know if you think back to those movies in the 1930s and 40s that had a lot of technicolor sort of retrospective things applied to them it's it's just amazing what what technology b can do these days mm, yeah it's good isn't it it's very clever i can't wait to get it have you ordered yours yet uh, no i haven't mm. look I, I, first, I have said we did lots and lots and lots of copies and things like that but mm. you know this one out of everything makes me the most excited because of the nature of, of the upgrades etc there as well mm. um and probably the last bit, little bit of news there's a, a great article that i think we'll post on our facebook page uh, it's done by uh well it's done with andrew farris and it's done with an australian journal called uh, rock pit and andrew spoke to them I think last year in September around about the time he was releasing his first single. This article is uh, was done I think last week around May the 27th uh, so it's relatively recent. It's sort of interesting it sort of coincides with some of the topics you know we've ran about in excess you know genre hopping and not being stuck in one genre. Andrew talks a little bit about actually the, the banjo sample that they actually put on the new sensation which when you really listen uh, deep you can see a little bit hear a little bit of, of banjo in it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to always notice when you're just you know getting into the lyrics and things but it was quite an interesting interview where the interviewer also asked him and said well with your you know country sort of uh, tinges now that you're pursuing would a song like Johnson's Aeroplane which is about the farmers you know get a rework and mm. Andrew was 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 quite um impressed with the question and the thoughtfulness behind it and mm. uh, you know never know he may do a rewrite or a re- oh. re- reissue of that particular song given the sort of the, the farmer sentiments but yeah. um, it's a, it's an excellent article you know like a lot of these publications some can be a little bit marketing but mm. this is about the music and about you know in excess and the many genres they played and the fact that Andrew sort of gone into a country sort of style now is sort of that uh, example of not being afraid to change over time he, even you I guess he just get a read of it maybe we can post it for our for our listeners on on the facebook site country site suits him a lot more though doesn't it you know his personality he's sort of more relaxed and a little bit more docile i suppose you know he's a bit more <laughs> well you know it, it's, it's, it's hanging out on a bale of hay <laughs> well, it's where he lives these days. But I think the article also goes into a little bit about in America, you know, with New Sensation and all the in excess, you know, songs being, you know, widely still played. You know, it opened up a lot of doors for him in Nashville and places where he could co-write and do songs mm. and get into studios and go to workshops and things. And mm. yeah, it's just an interesting read. So we, we do encourage listeners to get out there and, you know, either find it or, you know, read out um, post of it all when we put it on our site. But, you know, it's always good to hear from uh, the, the band members yeah. these days. Is Gary's doing his thing. Andrew's doing his thing. I'd like to be working on something at the moment. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always good to hear sort of new information. I want to know what Kirk's up to. We, ha- we don't know what he's doing, do we? He's, he, I know eating. Travelling a fair bit, I see. <laughs> eating. <laughs> oh, well, you know, he, he doing interviews. I think Kirk's the most media friendly, yeah. isn't he? He seems to love an interview, and yeah. you know, especially with his partner, Lane Beachley, for those. Yeah. Who don't know? She uh, was a seven-time world surfing champion in the female uh, side of things. And when you grow up with a name called Lane Beachley and mm. you become a surfer, it's almost preordained, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's a sweetheart. I speak to her a few times on um, Instagram. I've got a bit of funny news. I don't know if it's news, but it's a sighting. It's a funny sighting. Did you watch? Um, yep. Did you see the the, the post on? Um, there was a picture from Google Box. Did you see that? 
and it just looked like goggle box is it goggle box what did i say google box <laughs> goggle box pebble over google box pebble over google box pebble stop it but you gave me all tongue-tied again and um, goggle box and it was um tim and uh, michael sitting on the couch have you not seen it uh was it the ones that they look like them? yeah the yeah look-alikes? yeah yeah it looks like I, I saw something about it but look yeah the, the idea of, of, of being at home in my own lounge room watching other people in their lounge rooms watching tv <laughs> oh, no. is oh, like no. fingernails on a blackboard yeah. for me so um but it was a, I, I did have some vision of some poster than there going oh it looks a bit like tim and michael <laughs> doesn't did, it, it you does know? very slightly look like them well that's it for me with news hey this is tim farris and you're listening to access all areas with hayden and b Episode 5, we're lucky to have Blair Dwyer, our first ever guest on NXS Access All Air, is episode 5. Uh, welcome, Blair. G'day, guys. Good to be here. How are you? Well, good, thank you. We're glad to have you here. So we can't get to see the real NXS, but it's great that I can get to see you guys. I think I've been to see you quite a few times now and brought down your barriers. It took us a while to get you there. And, uh, Narrabeen, yeah, I think. Yeah. Oh, wow. Narrabeen's very dear to me, but it was a really nice venue, Hal. I think you nearly took the roof off. That was a night to remember. We remember that one. Do you? Do, which, which is your best night that you've had so far? That's up there because, you know, Narrabeen, of course, you know, being the, you know, the heartland, we don't always get that sort of a vibe. It was, it was very much like this was a place where we weren't allowed to stuff it up. But it was quite an exciting night, wasn't it? Because like you were there and then um, Clemo was there as well. Did you get to meet Clemo? The guy yeah. who, um, so Clemo is um, the guy that um, actually gave his keys to Inexcess and allowed them to um, rehearse in his garage to begin oh. with. How did that happen? I don't know how it happened. He kind of came up to us after the show and I spoke with him for a good hour. Um, I wasn't, I didn't know him or know of him until he introduced himself. I've since read his book. Um, that he gave me that night. My understanding is he was a close friend of the Farris's parents. They, he offered them a, a space to rehearse in the late 70s and the rest is history, as they say. But going back to the Narrabeen gig, yes, it was It was definitely, that, that roof was definitely going to come off. But um, so what's the next one? Perth was probably quite a, an exciting place to go to, wasn't it? Uh, WA is always good. We've, um, we've been there a few times now. Um, and every time it's probably it's better than the last time. It's Fremantle specifically just seems to really embrace uh, in excess we, and what it, what we bring to to uh, to them. And it's just, we, we have a ball when we go to WA. In fact, every time we go there, it seems to be for a, an extra couple of shows. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, we don't, we don't need too much um, yeah, poking to, uh, to get to WA. We'll, we'll do that in a heartbeat. And, and Adelaide's the same. Um, the one time we've managed to get up to Queensland and up to the um, up towards Cairns and Townsville has been amazing. Uh, Geelong, of uh, of all places down in Victoria, is amazing. Um, of course, you know most. Go of the cats. Go cats. <laughs> Did you know I'm a cats fan? What? Yay! Well, actually, I'm I'm actually from Geelong, so. No. That. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised that. in Geelong, and then I moved to Perth as a as a young young man, and have lived in Sydney for the last ten years. So I have three homes: Geelong, Sydney, and uh, and uh, Perth. So the other famous actor out of Geelong is Guy Pearce. 
Correct. See, Very I'm well done. I, oh no, I don't, I don't know. Went, you know. In fact, he went to school with my stepbrother. <gasps> Do you really? Can I meet yeah. you? Happy. Happy. I have my fingers very close to you. Okay, See, I knew I'll... there was a reason why I had him on the show. Well, <laughs> B, I must, I must, I must interject here. You sh- a couple of things. You, oh, really, okay. you, you really are, you really are, an, you really are an Australian now. You've mentioned the word Clemo. Okay, so that that qualifies you for Australian slang. Uh, you've mentioned Cats fans, which is our AFL Indigenous game, mm-hmm. and you've embraced Guy Pearce, who I. Did you know that? Sorry, say that bit again. Guy Pearce was born in England. No. Yes. And he was brought up by a single mum, wasn't he, as well? Another Australian favourite that was born in in England? Mm -hmm. John Farnham. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And me. (laughs) Oh, yes, the other living treasure. (laughs) Well, I think the the Farris brothers' parents uh, were English, weren't they? Is that right? Oh, that's right. It was a mid session. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking, you know what? We've got a list of lovely questions and here we are talking about Guy Pearce and uh, <laughs> Right, so, okay. So, Hayden, you go for your first question. Okay. Well, look, Guy sure. Pearce, you know, Guy Pearce is international, okay? So a lot of fans around the world, okay, uh, would know of Guy Pearce and during many mooted movies and whatever guy pierce and russell crowe and johnny depp and a cast of thousands were put up as likely uh michael um uh you know potential actors for a role with uh uh michael in in excess in mind so there you go there's always a a degree of two of separation back to in excess on everything blair it'd be interesting to see russell crowe playing on michael hutchins that'd be interesting <laughs> 20 years ago, maybe, yeah. He's probably uh, put on a bit of puff, a bit of puff now. But, uh, yeah, look, I guess um, for my uh, background uh, and, and Blair's uh, background with In Excess Don't Change, I haven't seen the band play, um, and that's probably because... Missing I'm... out. Hmm? You're missing out. Well, You've got to see these guys. When are you coming well, to Melbourne? Well, we just want to get rid of this virus first, this pandemic, B. Okay, that is mm. parading around the world, and uh, I know for a fact that uh, promoting the fact you, you hopefully are kicking off a tour up in Cairns uh, around late October. I think is it around October 24, 25? No. Uh, 23. 23. 23. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah, kick off up in um, Queensland. We'll, we'll ten shows uh, wow. in Queensland to kick, kick off. Uh, well, let's hope it looks it looks promising. Uh, things are getting back to normal to some degree, to the point where we've even been able to put on a couple of uh, shows at Lazots in Newcastle yep. in uh, three weeks' time. That was not expected. Um, uh, luckily, there's six musicians in this band, which meant none of us have had much on for the last few months. Yeah. <laughs> so we were able to agree to it. Um, of course. It'll be a different scenario given the restrictions, but um, look, we think that uh, you know bringing this sort of life lifestyle back into people's lives is is important. It's certainly important for us, and yeah. uh, it's um, for the venue that we're performing at. It's important for the people who have been locked away for a, a few months. Um, yeah. 
And look, we're we're just we see it as a little little bit of a challenge. There'll be less numbers at these shows, but um, I mean, it's either that or we sit home and wait till October. So I yeah. think we're we're very excited about about doing it again. We've been working out some set lists and working out maybe how we could go about this. There's rumours of a live stream, yeah, um, which hopefully can confirm in the next. Uh, a few days after this podcast goes out, um, but you know it's um, just—it's really thrilling, and the blood's boiling again to be in a good way to be able to sort of start thinking about um, performing again. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, and, Blair. Did you uh, say streaming from Lazards? You'll be streaming from Lazards. <gasps> yeah. Really? That's fantastic yeah. for everybody. Yeah. There'll be so many people excited about that. We figured it's—it's um, it's something. That there's enough people out there that might be interested in um, a lot of people are around the world who are big in excess fans and mm. uh, have only been from afar and on facebook and whatnot and we um we like to put bits and pieces up on facebook without you know giving away our entire show we like to give, a, give people a little bit of a taste of what what it is that we do because um getting over to europe and the us is really high on the agenda in fact it looked very promising for 2020 until all this happened so um the probably the least we could do at this point is offer a little bit um of what our show is and um yeah it looks as though a live stream of probably about maybe about an hour or so of um will be streamed on on one of those nights at results so being, I, I'm very much in the community of In Excess and, and your tribute band as well um, as fan, fan base and they're, they're just they're, they're not going anywhere in fact I think their enthusiasm is getting even worse um, some of the girls especially the ones in America they just love you to pieces so if you can get that streaming together hearing that, that I can hear them now they'll all be screaming yeah yeah it's um, it's looking promising we, we would dearly love to be there we were planning to get over there for around um the start of uh, their summer, um, which yeah. isn't going to, um, obviously, because that's now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, um, it hasn't worked out. But I think in this, I think of all of what's going on, people are understanding that. Yeah, invite some of those people overseas to uh, into the DC family, which is growing. Mm. Very much so. Be good to have you over in 2020 when we uh, go and see an excess get inducted into the Hall of Fame, won't it, Hayden? Well, it uh, it, it can't be 2020 because they've got their list already. Uh, but we are lobbying. We are lobbying for 2021, and then if that's not the case, 2022, uh, and it's an item thereafter. One of the things we talk a bit about on the podcast is what was your first in excess experience? You know, uh, growing up in Geelong and then Perth and Sydney and things. What was your first memory of of the band as a youngster growing up? Because I'm sure they're everywhere on the radio. What was your first connection or uh, experience of the band? I can remember it vividly. Actually, um, it was an early birthday. I want to say seven, eight, maybe, um, and I was given a single of Suicide Blonde. Um, it was probably high on the hits list at that time, on the charts at that time, and uh, a friend of mine 
gave it to me, uh, and that was that was the first time I ever even knew what an Enix was. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and I played it a lot, um, given it was probably one of the only of maybe four or five cassette tapes that I had. So. Um, that was the first introduction for me. Um, and soon after, of course, well, obviously being from the X record, soon after became the Wembley show, which became accessible via VHS. Um, mm. And I had that. I had the VHS for Wembley. So um, I was, you know, getting into music, obviously, at that age. I was already singing a lot, as much as I could. In fact, um, uh, that was probably why um, I was always given music uh, cassettes and things for my birthday. Um, but you know, I like an, like most Australians, uh, in excess, we're just part of the you know the, the soundtrack of our upbringing. Um, mm. I, it's kind of like I've still yet to meet somebody that dislikes in excess. It's mm. I've never met a single person that said, "Ah, oh, I don't like them." It's just one of those bands that are part of the makeup uh, of, an, uh, of being Australian, I think. And um, so it wasn't until forming this band that I was, that I delved deeper into their back catalogue. Um, yeah. But so, so I will admit that up until that point that it were the hits that I knew. And mm. when I was given a set list for this to join this band and there were 32 songs on the set list and I actually knew every single one of them, yeah. that yeah. was, a surprise and yeah. 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 I'm like wait a minute all of these songs this is incredible so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, really, I've really enjoyed uh, in the three years that I've been in this band I've really enjoyed going through the back catalogue from the very start and um, mm. um, it's no surprise when you, when you go that far into their back catalogue why they were uh, mm. universally adored well, um, yeah. look I have a little bit of like rumour but certainly, yeah, certainly the Wembley uh, VHS did a, did a lot for me as a young young fellow. Yeah. Well, as a follow-up to that, um, I feel very, very fortunate that uh, the band started when I was sort of nine, eight or nine years of age. So I feel like I've had two parts of the sort of the cherry bitten in the sense they had their historic rise in Australia and then I was able to see them transition overseas. And I think from feedback on our podcast, I'm excited going back and hearing some of the very old things and old songs that I guess are on the Australia radio everywhere. You said 32 songs in the set list. That's a reflection mm. of all the hits they've had here before they even made it overseas, Blair. Yeah, and um, it's one thing I can confess as well um, is that I even as a, about a 19 year old, 18 year old, I think, maybe, maybe even a young, maybe even younger, maybe 17. Um, I went and auditioned for In Excess. Oh. Yeah, well, when they did, uh, when they did the, uh, the rock show, you know, the <gasps> rock star to become, you know, they, they did yeah. straight did fortune. That? Yeah, I went and auditioned. Yeah. Oh, wow, and you I were only 19. I might've even been younger because <laughs> I, my mum sent me over. She bought my ticket and sent me to Sydney, so I wouldn't have been 19. I'd have been younger, so maybe maybe 16, 17. And I knew I didn't have a chance <laughs> at all, but because I was so, so I was a baby. Um, but I, but my mum sort of 
wanted me to uh, go and try something like that. And I was living in Perth and I live in Coogee now in Sydney. And as it turns out, I stayed with a person here in Coogee um, overnight and with the audition was there at the Enmore Theatre. And uh, I sang a Diesel song. You have to do an acapella. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and here's me as a 16-year-old thinking I could have the gripple that Diesel has, which I didn't. <laughs> um, but, I, um, but, I, but, but just doing that and the experience of, um, of doing it was um, uh, scary. Uh, mm. but, at, but back in home and back at Perth, I was in really some terrible sort of garage bands and, I, and yet I was always, uh, I grew up singing, grew up singing to, you know, Stevie Wonder, Luther Vandross, Farnsey, um, Chaka Khan, Whitney yep. Houston, it's all lots of R and B. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah, Mum just sort of really liked uh, Michael's voice and thought that maybe one day uh, my voice would develop into something that has a has a bit of you know a bit of soul like his certainly has. And, so Mum's uh, a big NXS fan by the sounds of it. Uh, well, a bit like well, a bit like what I what we are all no, what we are now. She was a huge R and B fan. Um, mm. Lots of African American singers. Um, that was always all all that we heard mm. growing up. Um, and I think it might be difficult for somebody who knows Michael as well as perhaps a lot of your listeners do. But if you don't know Michael as who he is, you could be excused for thinking perhaps he's from the deep south like yeah. he, or Detroit or somewhere like that he's got a really strong Motown influence I think in his voice um, and um, which is something we didn't hear a lot from a lot of Australian singers no. and yeah. uh, I, th I think that's the thing that resonates uh, globally is, what, what, is, yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm really glad you know you, you said that we had a, an episode I think uh, episode three where the topic was what is in excess what were they what are they and I raised uh, the issue that a song like Disappear has a very Motown um, uh, rhythm to the percussion uh, in 1988 when Need You Tonight came out all the Americans, and as they was uh, at the time, a lot of the black community thought that In Excess were a black band. Uh, mm -hmm. Need You Tonight got high rotation on a lot of the R&B charts because of its awfulness and its sort of uh, 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 a rootsy sort of sound. And they crossed over into that particular genre. They, they uh, I guess it's no coincidence that Ray Charles, you know, went and sung with them. Uh, they always had a bit of a connection, a bit like the Stones. You know, they had a bit of a R and B rock sort of South Southern American uh, feel, like Little Red Rooster. You hear that in the early days of their covers. I think Enix just sort of had that similar connection with the Black Mini. Hmm. Yeah, it developed quite well, didn't he, his voice for um, with the baritone and the deepness, and he could. You must have heard that what we played the other week about the um, the guy that um, was the voice coach, Blair. Did you see that? Should I say yes? I did. <laughs> yes, you did. If not, you'd better go out on our Facebook page and have a look at it.
for Blair, who is your favourite in X member and why? God, that's an easy one, isn't it? That's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I feel, you feel like you, when you've studied this band, you sort of feel like you get to know the six characters really well. They're kind of like characters in a movie and they're all so different. Um, and, but certainly, you know, I think Michael has to be my favorite. Uh, yeah. but, uh, you know, soft, certainly a soft spot for, uh, for John. Uh, he feels like he seems just to be the, the calmest, if that's a thing. Um, you know, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with Michael as, mm-hmm. as a yeah. shock to you. Yeah. It is a hard one, isn't it? It's like it's like choosing your best video or your least favourite video. And <laughs> um, she also says that was from um, Sharma, and she also says, "P.S. Love your work and what you do to keep the name alive. Hope to see you guys soon." And she's from New Zealand. Um, another question from Crystal: What is your what is your greatest honour in paying homage to In Excess? Thank you. You do a great justice. Oh, it's nice, isn't it? Oh boy. Well, I think um, perhaps an understanding of what uh, in excess meant, meant to people and making a point of not um, kind of caricaturing that, if that's a thing. Um, yeah. It's a point, it's, we wouldn't want to be seen as impersonating in excess. I think that's, that's naff. Um, we, 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 we don't impersonate, we celebrate um, mm. in excess. We like to take what they offered an audience and try to provide that ourselves. And what we take from it, we very rarely call our shows a show or a gig. It's a party. Like we, we host a party. We, in, any, in many ways, we feel like we're a live music jukebox DJ type of thing where we, we, we can often adjust our sets depending on the night. In fact, that Narrabeen show that you mentioned earlier, maybe why I mentioned it, it was mentioned earlier, um, that set list kind of got thrown out the door about a third of the way through the show. Um, because, because I we was realized there. Because we saw <laughs> you in the front no, row. I was in the front row. I always have to be in the front, front row and in the middle. But the, the thing is, you are right there. It is a party. And that's what In Excess did. It was all about the pubs, the party, everyone having a bloody good time. And that's what you get from your show. So you are not, and I've been to plenty of tribute shows and I, 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 I fully immerse myself in anything that I do anyway, as you probably know. But your shows and the guys, I mean, when, I mean, I have got a soft spot for you, but Matty, when he plays Pretty, Inva- Pretty Vegas, oh my God, that guy is such a super talent. Yeah such a super talented boy he he will go far that boy so so for the listeners what the, without saying in person mm. what role in the band does Matty fulfill uh Blair? oh sorry what Matty he's he's the team of the uh yeah Matty plays uh I suppose lead guitar he plays yeah. you know um Everything that that um, that Tim played, yeah. Um, he but sings he sing. with me. We do good times. Um, we do please. Uh, mm. We we give we give him uh, pretty Vegas to to uh, undo a few buttons and. <laughs> 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 um, 
he's a he, but but look, I mean, he's just he's just one of the best guitarists I've ever seen. He's very tasteful in his playing, which is very very Tim. Tim was a bit of a minimalist guitarist, which um, we talk about on often that. Um, Tim, you know, he's, it's not layered in guitars. It's it's not bombastic and and, and it's very subtle. Um, and not, that's not, um, yeah, not like Queen, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, and, and the two of them, two, and, you know, and 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 Sandin is our other guitarist and saxophonist, and Sandin is. Oh, in, in a completely different way, and, uh, an, inc- an incredibly talented guy. Like there's such Very different mm. guitar playing. One is, mm. you know, and so gentle, and he's got a mm. voice like an angel. Has beautiful backing vocals. <laughs> so I'm lucky enough to just be the master of ceremonies in some ways. I'm I'm able to just enjoy myself and keep the party going with, with full confidence that the, the the guys in the band are absolutely nailing it. Um, I've never really been in a situation where I can be quite so relaxed, I suppose, because um, these guys are showmen and they're amazing musicians. They're all, all, all members of our band are, are the best musicians I've ever performed with, so I'm very, very fortunate. Um, you said earlier, you uh, I was quite interested, you said you had a, a big song list and at the Narrabeen show you adjusted a third of the way through. Um, what was that? Was that just the energy the crowd suggested you wanted to keep it going on an uppity level or what made you pivot and change that show? It was the realisation that these guys know every In Excess song. And as soon as that's notable, we feel like we can, you know, break the shackles a little and we can play some songs that perhaps you don't hear from bands perform certainly um um some rare i wouldn't say rare songs but 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 non-singles i suppose and, and that show for example we, i think we did from memory you know we, we like to hit everybody with a few bangers of course just sort of test out what do these people know and when you realize they're singing every single word and then you do a song like to look at you mm. and everybody singing every single word which is a single but it's not a. It wasn't one of their smash hits, no. necessarily. That's when you realise who you're dealing with, yes. and at that point, I, we're in a situation where we can just look at each other and realise, okay, cool, we can we can loosen a few buttons, yeah. as I as I say, and just just relax into this now, and uh, and we can play some songs that you know aren't necessarily big hits, but really well, enjoyable songs. I mean, our catalogue yeah. that we perform, we, 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 I think at last count it was about 75 wow. songs. I think the lighting went as well, didn't it? Didn't yeah. the lighting went? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. that good that the power went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Michael intervention the again. <laughs> the lighting. That was for Burn For You from memory. Mm. Um, it, it lights went out, but luckily for us, Burn for You has that incredibly long intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it looked like it was part of the lecture. Uh, um, yeah, we 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 feel really honoured that we get to do it, and and there's just every, so all the songs are party songs, so it's kind of mm. like whatever we throw out there, we know that people are going to love it. Um, mm. Provided we do it well, and you know, you asked earlier about what's 
what's sort of the best thing about paying homage to in excess and it's got to be hanging out afterwards uh chatting with all the people that have been partying with us for two and a half hours Hmm. and hearing their take on our versions of things um you know everyone likes compliments well then that uh, leads me on oh sorry i was gonna say well that then leads me on to your uber fan doesn't it karen karen peters my gosh does she go to see you at every show (laughs) oh certainly within the thousand k radius yeah yeah we love her too it's great i mean it's um you know she doesn't have to do it but she's such a big in excess fan uh and we mm-hmm. realize people are coming in excess we realize that not everybody they're, they're not coming for us um um but there are some people who, who we've you know gotten to know really well and mm-hmm. um you know we yeah, we, we're, we're very thankful for, for the Karens of the world. Um, mm-hmm. There's only one Karen. But we're certainly uh, <laughs> thankful for people coming back to our show. Uh, it makes us feel like we're on the right track. Um, if people can come and party with us and then they come again to party with us and again and again. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to party again. It's a shame we have to sit down and eat and watch you. I'm not happy about that. But um, anyway, I, I need to ask you Karen's question. When Blair performed his first show with um, DC, did he envision um, that himself and the boys would grow so quickly, quickly with um, popularity with the band? And did you ever expect to have such a beautiful bond with the boys? Um, yes, I did envisage things to get where they've gotten, uh, which is why, I, which is why I did it. Um, these guys um, approached me out of thin air. To be honest with you, I didn't know. I still don't even know how they discovered me, but they they uh, called me. It was. A, I remember specifically. It was January second. Because New Year's Eve, I made a New Year's resolution to say yes to everything for the year. And the first situation where I needed to say yes to was a phone call asking if I'd be interested in auditioning for an in excess show. Um, perhaps in the perhaps on January on December thirty first, I might have said no, but I said yes, and I went and joined. I went and uh, auditioned with these guys, and the professionalism was well and truly up to standard um, and just their musicianship was awesome um, so it was a given that I would I would join they they offered me the gig um, the next day uh, and the first um, tour was planned in like 10 days time so I had those 32 songs to learn in about 10 days um, but certainly performing them was not something I'd done previously. I'd never been in a situation where I was performing other people's music before. Um, and it didn't take long before I realised how beloved In Excess were. So if I was going to continue with this, I needed to make sure that we did it as, as good as possible. Um, and sure, we've had a couple of people come and go out of the band um, over that period. Um, all, we've all remained friends with them all. Um, but um, no, I did. I did envisage that this would be a good thing, um, and it and it is. It's a great thing. Uh, whether or not tours over the US and Europe was on my radar, certainly not. That hasn't happened yet, but it's very close. 
it's all about manifesting, isn't it? I, 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 man- I manifested this show, so um, and to get you on it. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You you ask your question, um, Hayden, because I've asked loads. Oh no, shut up! All right, give me a shot. <laughs> all right, a couple of, a couple of things for you, Blair. Um, do you combine with the, the virus, etc., that's shaken the world? But, um, have you? essentially been a full-time musician over the last few years uh have you held down a a day job you know you know pre-virus or has the band and the tours been able to provide you uh, a living um i reckon some of the listeners would be keen to know just how it is uh uh you know somebody can either do this as a hobby or do this as a career or a bit of both it's a bit of both you know if i'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm an actor before I was an, I was acting when I was invited to join this band. Um, yep. so I'm, I'm heavily involved in the, um, in the acting world, in the, in the film production world. Um, certainly in recent times, um, this band has been busy enough whereby I can focus on it. Um, but there's some other sort of little businesses that I keep my, keep my toes in. Um, and uh, those have been lucky, you know, I've been lucky enough to be in a situation where this COVID uh, interruption, if we'll call it, has yeah. um, meant that I've, I, I've personally been able to get some, some government funding. Um, there's some other guys in our band who have not been able to, given that they're full-time musicians, uh, and so that's been really hard. We've, been, we've tried to be as um, supportive with those guys as, as, as much as possible. Um, but I think um, out of those, out of that sort of depression, if that's right, I'm not sure the guys ever got to that point. But out of that awkwardness, I suppose, um, we we tried, we did things as a band, really only for us, and that was we did a couple of videos where we we recorded Mystify and we recorded Never Tear Us Apart. Um, um, I, I'm I'm pretty confident in that with our version of Never Tear Us Apart, which was one of those where we each filmed from our respective homes and then we compiled it together. Um, I hadn't really seen any. In fact, I saw Birds of Tokyo do it uh, and we did it like two days later and we were we, we felt pretty pretty good about that and we, we weren't necessarily going to like show anybody, um, but we did and it went um, really, really big. Lots of people, it's, like, it's been shared so many times. It's had so many likes and follows and it's in, it's it's meant people have, um, have found out ab- about our band um, mm. and it really was we, uh, to be honest with you we really just did it for fun like mm. as because we kind of knew each other we don't all live near each other we're in mm. separate parts of the country uh, and that led on to us doing Mystify which um, probably I, I think we knew everyone might see that one so we, <laughs> we put a bit of that extra effort into that one but but like I, I must, I mean, some of the guys have kids. Um, you know, everybody's been affected by it. Um, oh. There's no doubt. Um, we've we've gotten together a couple of times to just have a beer with each other online, uh, on a Zoom meeting or, a, or whatever, and just um, just kind of just always looking out for each other. We're we're we're, we're a family, and that includes our manager, uh, our agent. Um, we're we're a pretty close knit family, so. We're trying to making sure nobody. Uh, yeah, I, I I really hope that post this pandemic, you know, the world learns something. Um, you know, I, I, 
you know, I, I, I look at, unfortunately, these terrible family called the Kardashians and just their, their you know, the, the aspiration behind young girls growing up to think that is what you aspire to be. And um, I think, you know, the music industry should really get a clap for the way it's handled the pandemic in Australia and globally. Um, touring is a, is a lifeblood these days for bands of all descriptions. Making money from releasing albums is tougher than ever. Um, yet the humility of the music industry to share and donate their time and put online or, or help raise money for the cause, like what Powderfinger did the other week, um, I think deserves a lot of credit. And I think yourself do as well there, Blair. I'll have to post those videos. Hi to everyone listening in on the podcast at the moment. This is Adam from Don't Change Ultimate in Excess. I would like to wish everyone well out there and hope that everyone has been doing well during these uh, strange times that we're all facing around the globe. To those that follow Don't Change, it means a great deal to us for your support, uh, continuing the legacy of the wonderful songs that are in excess. So take care, everyone. Hold those that you love close to your heart. And we are looking forward to getting back on stage the end of this month and then into the future. So, yeah, bye for now. Look after one another. Adam was the first person that I actually started speaking to. I think he came onto my Hutch Nation page and that's how I got to know about you guys. Um, right. Even though I knew Mike roughly um, and Mike's your manager, but it was Adam who has a personality, which is funny because he's the bass player. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, Adam, um, it's uh, it's uh, it's funny how it sort of worked out. Our manager used to play bass for us. In fact, he formed the band. In fact, he I don't think hired is the right word, but he 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 auditioned me, Mike. And uh, but he was always of the idea that he wanted to pass the bass over to somebody at some point so he could just focus on managing the band. And and he did that last year. Um, and we uh, were introduced to Adam Picker who is um quite the personality he's he's like he's the guy that um any of us have ever met um he's a he he can get nice and deep with you he can um he can have a drink with you he can um he can give you a cuddle and he can slap you across the face he can do all of those things yeah, uh, so he's he's, he's, he's had his challenges uh he's had his health challenges which he's smashed um yeah. You know, which we all, uh, are, you know, are inspired by. Um, but no, he's just—he's—it's—it's it's such a blessing to be on stage with with Adam. Adam enjoys uh, it as much as I do. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, he—he—he's a great—he's a great guy. Anyone who meets him loves him. Yeah, my mom loves him. Yes, I know there's a quite a few girls out there that like him too. Anyway, we've got a few questions from Carmen. Carmen is an Uber fan of In Excess. Um, two questions for Blair. Number one, what is the hardest In Excess song to sing and why? And um, the second one is, what is your favourite In Excess era to sing? Oh. <laughs> um. 
have to okay. choose. <laughs> well, uh, the first question would be probably disappear. Disappear is a tricky one because mid set you have to adjust where you sing in your in your, in, your, in your throat in your voice. Mm-hmm. Michael got more of a a tone that's a little you know lower and it's it's nice and it's velvety and there's some aggression behind it. But then dis- disappear comes along and it's it's really quite high. It's a very high gentle song mm-hmm. uh, throughout the verses particularly. I love singing it because mm-hmm. I love when I you know, and feel like I did it well because and then I feel really good for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be the trickiest song I would say to sing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and your favourite era. Um, the eras go. It might be tricky for me personally to go past that. Um, you know that X era, given the Wembley um, vibe that I grew up and knew. Um, um, I think vocally, Michael probably hit his really hit his straps. If he hadn't already, he developed his whole career. But I think yeah. as a vocalist, you know, to challenge myself in singing those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, when we recently done the Wembley show a few times, um, we went over to WA and did the Wembley show. We did it at Newcastle. We played every song off. Uh, we'll do it a whole bunch next year too because it'll be the 30th year anniversary. So um, oh, we're no. make yeah, yeah. songs like Note the Difference, um, mm. songs like, um, 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 you know, these songs that were, were performed at Wembley, I enjoy singing immensely. Uh, I try to get you Know the Difference in the set list as often as possible. Now, a song, uh, Blair, that has, uh, I, I remember literally being in Queensland in 1991, reading an article that the band had uh, completed with Rolling Stone. And Michael said, there's a song on this X album that I think it's going to be a stayer and a grower, um, and it's called The Stairs. Now, it's interesting, that song amongst real hardcore fans has a real special place. And it's it's just that song that, I think it took a while for people to get into, but it's such an escalating lyric. It, it, it is a uniquely recorded verse slash chorus structure. Um, how do you feel about that song being, I guess, as you said, connected to the X era? How does that stack up for you? Um, firstly, I can you can thank Karen Peters for that song getting into our set list because she kept requesting it. Yes. Uh, so we added that to our set list and ever since we did it hasn't left our set list um it's um it's pretty epic you know michael again sings in a register that we're not used to hearing him um it's it's a higher vocal it's uh, it's a probably it's quite a clean vocal it's very clean i think the way he performs it live i preferred over what he did on the album but i take that Live version, we understand, obviously, probably from Wembley, given that the album had been out for a year, so they'd had a year of touring that song and performing it. Mm. To me, when I hear the album version, it sounds like it was still getting... It was only just been written. Mm. I think after a year, I think Michael really worked out how to sing it or where... To, uh, that's my opinion. Yeah. So when I perform it, I probably lean more to the Wembley version, which um, has a few more accents in it and... Uh, but certainly uh, that was a song where um, 
it's um it's sort of taken a life of its own we, we, we can plop that song anywhere we can open the show with it we can throw it in mid-set we can encore with it um and we do get a few people kind of not knowing it but we yeah. but it because it's not a dance song, no. but at the same time, it's got the floor to the floor thing that happens. So it's 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 kind of like the real. It's a real dynamic song that welcomed mm. into our set list. Sure. I think, yeah, I think that it, it it defies the normal sort of verse structure. Um, you know, two or three verses, two or three parts of the chorus, outro, whatever. You know, the you know we dare to climb to hold the space, steal away a destiny, catch ourselves with quiet grace. I mean. Michael must have been on a, you know, a lyrical sort of high to come up with that. And it still gives me tingles even just articulating it. Um, and part of me yeah. wishes that it spearheaded the album, ironically, in hindsight. It may have, sure. it may have been, uh, allowed them to take a more serious, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it would have allowed critics to take them more seriously post-kick uh, if mm. that song had led the album. Because the world was listening, and Suicide Blind come out, and I like it and I love it, but it's something. Part of me just thinks I wonder if the stairs could have been their beautiful day, like you two. It could have mm. been something really special, mm. because the world's listening yeah. to that first single. You know, it's just you know. That's mm. interesting. One of the things I liked that you said mostly about that was you know, the structure of songs, and and we as musicians, when we're constructing these songs and we're trying to digest them. Um, maybe this is a hat tilt to Andrew. Perhaps it's just what the brand band does once they bring the song together. I don't know. But the structures of their songs are so unusual um, in a pop sense, which we think's rad. Um, yeah. Like there's no. I think the only song off the top of my head that kind of goes verse, chorus, verse, chorus, outro, end is probably some time. And, and probably this time as another example but everything else seems to have you know sh verse two is shorter than verse one and then you know and then the chorus comes in at a place where you don't expect it and then even yeah. within a verse perhaps there's only four bars whereas the next verse has six bars or then two and it's, it's just we we really love that about an excess and we feel like as a listener one of the things that people were drawn to perhaps was that even as many times as you'd heard a song you can still be surprised by a song yeah. because a chorus doesn't necessarily put you where you expect it. Well, or, yeah. Uh, or an intro goes for a minute as opposed I, to getting on with it. I, I, think, yeah. I think within Excess, they never outstayed their welcome with sort of uh, self-indulgent long solos. But one thing they were very good at is, and some bands don't put this in their material, is a pre-chorus. And I think yeah. a pre-chorus is very underrated. I think some of the great songs ever recorded have this verse and this pre-chorus. Then, then when it hits the chorus, it's it's like that ultimate high, isn't it? Yeah. And I think NXS mm -hmm. had some great pre-choruses, which maybe you may have some off the top of your head, you know, that you sing and you as you feel you're climbing to the major chorus. That pre-chorus sets the whole anthem. But that's right. Yeah, completely. Completely. I agree. <laughs> yeah, so do I. Well, yeah. that just gives the party feel even more, doesn't it? Because you know something's something's good come in even more so because you've just been given that that little bit. Well, if I can but share I it, to, yeah. uh, if I can share a quick anecdote, um, Holly, Holly Knight, one of the very famous songwriters uh, who wrote "Love Is a Battlefield," 
Uh, she wrote uh, The Warriors, uh, the Warrior song. Um, she wrote Simply the Best for Tina Turner. Um, she, when she presented Tina Turner Simply the Best, had already given it to Bonnie Tyler uh, without a pre-chorus. And when Tina heard it, she said, baby, give me a pre-chorus, Harley. Give me a pre-chorus, you know? Um, and it was this bit before she kicks in Simply the Best where there was this climb in the song. And I think in excess, we're probably getting a bit meticulous here, but we do have a, a musical guest on. Um, again, underestimate like what Blair said. When you go back and listen to a song, you can find new little tidbits in a song that mm. suddenly become your favourite part of the song. You know, yeah. it's not just the, what, the chorus, you know. That quote I'll give you is not for you. Like, sorry, let me start that again. That's the Pearl Jam song. <laughs> An example of <laughs> Yeah, I, I got that on the, yeah. I like them as well. <laughs> I'll, cut, I'll come in. We'll go now. Yeah. An example I'll give you is um, Not Enough Time. That's a perfect example of the song that, uh, um, the song, the second verse, for example, um, it goes into uh, make time stop for the two yeah. of us and then yeah, it comes yeah. back into another chorus. And, and these things are right throughout the whole In Excess yeah. catalogue. And we've, we've been, um, I might have mentioned earlier that we, we have about 75 songs on our song list that we're capable of playing that we've, we've played before. And when that number really grew is when we performed three of the albums in across three nights. We did The Swing in its entirety. We did Listen Like Thieves and we did Kick. Um, and it was kind of, it was especially um, The Swing going in and, and, and looking at songs like All the, All the Voices and Face the Change, um, these sorts of songs where we probably as a band kind of looked at each other and go, actually, we've already thought in excess around Unreal, but it's until you are learning these songs that aren't already kind of in our mind's eye. They're sort of yeah, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. already in it. Yeah, yeah. Just, we went and realised just how awesome the, this band is and that there was, a, there was um, you know, and it, there was a real focus of the band to not just form... Form, form, you know, like fall into line with pop music. Yeah. In fact, you've probably seen, you guys are big fans, so you've probably seen a really early interview of Michael Hutchins with Molly Meldrum. I think they just released uh, Just Keep Walking. Um, mm -hmm. And Molly questioned them on their next single being The Loved One. I hope I've got that right. Yeah. And yeah. Michael, Michael there, right there and then kind of set the foundations for his career by saying, well, we don't really want to do what everyone expects. And to be able to do that and still, and still release pop music yeah. is um, something that's worthy of the full thing. Yay.
I, I want to dig a bit deeper on the swing because you, you raised an interesting thing when you mentioned Face the Change and you mentioned all the voices. A song that I remember hearing as a kid and not because it was like seven deep on the album and it was on the radio, but I think it's in my top five these days is uh, Love, Love Is What I Say. Um, I think the, the band... How good is that? The band... <laughs> I don't hear that. Uh, how do you feel about that song particularly? Like, um, to me, I think it's um, a great chorus, a great, everything about it I love. Do you, did you have any connection to that song or is there anything else on the swing that you connected with a bit more than that song? Or? That's a, that's a, it's a weird song, uh, but a really popular song. When I, when I mentioned that 32 song set list when I first joined the band, uh, I might have fibbed when I said I knew every song. The 32nd song with Love Is, I didn't know that song. And yeah. I thought it a really odd choice. Um, I didn't get it. I thought, this is weird. It's such a low vocal. I mm. don't know why it's a, such a popular song, but it, but um, yeah, I've learned that it's, a really, it's, it's very popular. We've performed it a number of times not to the audiences that we don't feel like will love it. We yes. could have probably put it out at Irene. We probably should. <laughs> <laughs> but how I feel about the song, um, I, um, as a vocalist, I, it's challenging because it's very hard at a live situation to go yeah. from singing where you have to sing to all the way down to this. Yeah. Oh, it's like mm-hmm. really challenge. Yeah. Challenge. to go down. So whether or not it really look, I don't think in excess performed it very often, and yeah. I think there's a reason for that. Because you, it's 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 an it's a studio album. Yeah. I think it sounds great. Yeah, so, I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I think I saw them do it maybe maybe four when they played. Is it Rockaplast? Is that what it's called? I think in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and and the sound guy wasn't ready for it. If you <laughs> ever listened to that. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Can't hear Michael at all. Um, so we come we come under those issues sometimes as well. So if we're going to perform it again, which we have done a few times, um, uh, perhaps we will. I mean, it just it's one of those odd songs that consistently gets requested. So we mm. might have to add that. Okay, <laughs> hey, Dick, can I ask a few fangirl questions now, please, and lighten right. this up a bit? Uh, okay, keep, keep, keep it light, you know. <laughs> it is light. What are you talking about? Okay, so um, one I've got here is, um, do you have any rituals before you get on stage, you or any of the band members? Yeah, we do. In fact, if we don't do them, we get very, very frustrated. There's, I mean, there's really one. Um, we make a point to always get together uh, five minutes prior to going on stage to really just get in a huddle and kind of eyeball each other. <laughs> uh, we always pick somebody to give a bit of a bit of a speech, um, bit of a pre-game, you know, pump up, um, uh, and it works for us uh, because it's easy before a show to go off and do your sound checks, you you put on your your clothes, your your fussing over this, that and the other. It's easy to sort of forget that in order for you to really go out there and perform the way people expect that you need to connect as you know, as a team. So we make a point of always getting together and we um we have a um we we, we drink some port 
we get we there's always a rider. We always get this, the best port they'll let us have, and we we, we drink some port. And that, um, I like uh, port. Can I come backstage? Yeah. Uh, we we've all we've always had some port because um, it is also I I grew up on drinking port with my dad. He passed away a couple of years ago, so when that happened, we sort of made it a, a ritual. Also, a bunch of vocalists that I really admire, I've I've learned that uh, they like to have a nip of sherry or or something like that, and it's just become a thing now. Where I think if it doesn't happen. And it always happens. But if there's any thought that port's not going to happen, we genuinely freak out. So it's a kind of a it's a it's a must. And sometimes we're drinking it out of polystyrene cups. Sometimes we're drinking it out of bottles. Like sometimes you don't get the the six port glasses that you hope for. No. <laughs> okay. That, that question was from Michelle O'Hargreaves. I best um, say her name as well. She's Sorry. a very big fan. Oh, Michelle. Oh, yes. Michelle Hargreaves. Yeah, Hi, Michelle. good old Michelle. Well, not old. Gorgeous Michelle. <laughs> good Michelle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> All right. While um, you collect yourself, B, I've got a quick little yeah. question to, to slip. I was in. thinking uh, about going backstage. I went all yeah, funny. I know, I know. You went all bloody hologramish <laughs> on us. You went all hologramish on us. It's definitely a band only thing. Like even <laughs> Mike won't come and do it. Like we definitely. Uh, it, it, like I've seen Mike um, clear the room. We've had people backstage, and Mike's cleared the room so that we can do oh. our little ritual. He's 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 doing the Chris Murphy style thing, like at Wembley. Okay, everybody, get out of here, huh? Is that what they? Yeah. He did. He uh, played, yeah. He's playing. He's playing to type. You're like everyone out, everyone out. Only the band. Very stretched. Absolutely. But um, <laughs> um, I, I guess fans aside, uh, you mentioned you've been in some obviously in music for a long time and played with other bands and other things. Uh, what are some of the artists that? Uh, you know, you admire, you mentioned a couple of singers earlier about vocal strategy with Sherry's and things. What are some artists or other musicians that you, you've influenced by over the journey and, and you enjoy listening to? Yeah, um, certainly, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, early on it was R&B music, um, real Motown R&B, um, songs with soul, songs with feeling, um, some aggression to them. I think some of those early Motown songs, there's some aggression in those, some of the vocalists just, I could only hope or wish I could ever reach what they could, what they can do and still today, but, but, but certainly as adolescence kicked in, um, The Doors, um, Pearl Jam, big time, hugely Pearl Jam, I'm a massive Pearl Jam fan. Um, Eddie Murder, yes. Yeah, I think everyone has one band that they may be a, com a completist and I'm a completist of Pearl Jam I, I will yeah. get everything they do um, but but, but, but I, I really I'm, I, I, John Farnham was a you know I'm an Australian kid so Farnsey was uh, yeah. was hugely popular uh, certainly was probably my first love in fact I thought he was an R&B singer from Motown when I first heard him <laughs> um, that must have been his time with human nature <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I find it hard to sort of single certain genres. I really am a music lover. I, I hit a point maybe when I was about twenty where I just decided to stop disliking types yeah. of music. Yeah, it was too um, it took up too much energy. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, he was able from there on see the the value in all types of music, whether it be a little pop song by a little pop artist in somewhere or 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 whatever. But no, but um, I, I would have to say certainly growing up. Motown, certainly John Farnham, certainly Pearl Jam, Faith No More, Mike Patton is a incredible vocalist. Um, the Doors, um, and um, oh, there's so many. the same set I like the um, I like changing it up we, we as a band that is tributing an, a, a band that had 11 albums we've got so much music to choose from it would be uh, yeah. wrong I think just to focus on the same 28 odd songs and just um, keep doing them like we don't want to do that the audience don't want to do that in excess have so many albums that it, you'd be silly just to just to focus on the best ofs. So I take a huge influence from from uh, Pearl Jam about that, and 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 I think the band kind of hates it but also loves it because it means they got to stay on their toes. They need to know all these songs and they yeah. need to know how to play them. Um, and you know they probably roll their eyes at me occasionally, but I think at, in the long run they they realise it's keeping us as a really good band. Yeah, I, 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 I this really, what, yeah. Oh, do you want you talk first? Well, up to that, Phil um, Jam, I think, went out and obviously for a period there, they were releasing a different live album to every concert there, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, around the 2000 mark, and I got addicted, man. Seriously, <laughs> got addicted. There was like 120 of them in a record store, wasn't there? Live at Cincinnati, live at in Chicago, you know. You know, they literally yeah. dropped them everywhere. Internet was a new thing, and you yeah. could um, you could order them online. Um, it was a problem. They were thirty bucks a pop. It was yeah. a bit like gambling. Yeah. Well, B, 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 B and I. I have that yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. B and I have sort of two missions with this podcast. One is to get this band recognised to get into the Hall of Fame. I guess that's our sort of pet pet project. But secondly, the underlying reason I wanted to put this podcast together was to recognise uh, InXS's catalogue beyond Kick and X because I felt like any podcast I listened to was like, 
fave Americans talking about the top four singles off kick and a couple of songs off X and homage to maybe what you need. That, that's all I ever got when I put a podcast on. And I'm like, there's a musicality to in excess that Michael famously said, when you grow up in Australia with Led Zeppelin, Metallica and Aretha Franklin on the same radio station, that's how you end up with a sound like in excess, an amalgam of styles. And we have this little pet project within our podcast is that we're putting a deep cut list of songs together for a Spotify playlist. And so far after the first album, we've put On A Bus and we've put uh, Learn To Smile on it. We're, we're gonna be uh, reviewing the second album next week, uh, Underneath The Colours. But we're putting a deep track mm. list together of songs that maybe the average fan hasn't heard, but are fantastic. Um, and it really has motivated me a lot to hear that you have 75 songs in your repertoire. That's that's fantastic, you know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, um, it comes from, if I mean, I mentioned Pearl Jam and the fact that they change their sets every night. So did In Excess. Yeah. I've, you have the ability to go online and check out set lists from yeah. In Excess to see mm. what they did, and, and they did. They and that's and I, and when I saw that, I went, yeah. They, I mean, there are so many bands that don't. Um, I would. I would be. I would not go down well with me. I like the variety. Um, also, like fans like yourself going, wow, seventy-five songs, really. I mean, that's why. That's why. That's why. Um, because there's far too much music. There is far too much music. I mean, they didn't have four or five hit albums. They had eleven. Well, 75 songs. We're going yeah. to do a first record. Yeah, 75, 75 songs to me as a fan says, anytime you're in Melbourne or whatever, I'll go. If it's two nights in a row, I'm going to see a, a different show yeah. for two, three nights. And I want to see a different show. I don't want to predict, okay, now it's time for Kick, now it's time for Mystify, now it's time for New Sensation. I, I, you know, you might put a few in a row, but I, I want to be, be surprised. Well, well that's what sets these guys apart. Yeah, that's, that's what sets you apart from yeah. all the other uh, tribute bands. You are very, very much um, just a lot of change goes on because you actually change your clothes as well halfway through your set lists as well, don't you? Yeah. Or outfit changes. So we, I like that. Now, B, you're I've seen to, all this. Yeah. But you're trying to change the band's name to change, are you? Yes. <laughs> well, the way I think that these people have paid their hard-earned money to come hang out with us for two hours and party, like, they don't need to see the same thing for two hours. If we can add, add some diversity, then we will. So we change, yeah, we change our clothes. We we, mm. we, we adapt our set lists to allow that. Yeah. Um, we make sure that we never play the same set twice. Um, right. Oftentimes we do back to nice, um, especially at Lazots. It seems like Lazots in Newcastle. Sometimes we've played four or five, four or five, four nights I think in a row once, um, and every show was different because oh. we know people are coming more. Can, 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 can I say something about Lazots? Can I say something about Lazots? So um, the last time I was at Lazots and I saw you guys, you came out. Um, into the crowd. I'm, gonna have, I'm getting dings from everybody wanting to ask you questions now, so just ignore the dings. Um, and you came out into the crowd and I videoed it. I think I might have put it onto your website. I can't remember. And I lost you. 
And then all of a sudden you walked up the staircase and you're up into the balcony and there I can see, and you look like Michael from behind as well. I was like gasping myself. So, but it, it draws everybody to know that you want to be part of the um, actual audience as well. You're not just there playing to them. You're playing with us. We're actually in the moment of excitement with you guys on the stage as well. We feel, feel that we're part of it. Well, I'm glad that? you said that. Yeah, because like I said earlier, I mean, we, we feel like we're hosting a party. We feel like that we're where you're all in our place, you know, like no, no one, no one, no one hosts a party that doesn't mingle, right? So, mm. you know, we mingle. Yeah, <laughs> we, and it we does come across like that. We, we want people to feel comfortable at a show. We know that some people, we know that half the audience used to go see in excess all the time. And when mm. they did, they felt regretted and they felt free and they felt all the things that maybe mm. they don't always feel every day these days. Um, you know, so we just we want to teleport. We want to. We want also the people just to have fun because man, we have we have fun. It, it would, I don't think if, if anyone if people didn't have fun at our show, we wouldn't do it. Simple as that. We have such also, a good time. Can I also mention that I've actually been in that crowd, and I'm at the front, so I'm looking at you guys a lot. But I also turn around a lot as well to have a look at the reaction from the crowd. And everyone's looking at me going, these guys are amazing. He has got the moves, he's got the looks, he's got... And it's not just the girls that are saying that, it's the guys. The guys are telling me, because this is fantastic. And and I can't see for... that. It's just going off at the bar as well. It's not just in the crowd. I can't... Like I am a big fan of yours, and it's it is getting it is getting more and more so that um, you can't wait to see you guys as well. But having been to an NXS gig, gig many times, you have got that as well. I'm not going to say you're better than I will never say that, um, but you you guys um, have, have brought the excitement back again and the party atmosphere again. So like kudos to you and the boys. Thank you so much. That's ex- that's exactly. We should print that on a T-shirt. That's uh, that's that's the review that we hope for. Hey, you know, we, we don't we don't we can have we have no ownership on the music. We have no ownership on anything except the fact that we can, you know, encourage several hundred people into a room to um, celebrate some really great music. And so mm, it'd be silly of us to not. Well, thank you for bringing it back to us because I really do miss going to see them and hearing them live and it's it's just wonderful. Thank you. I mean, I've only met you briefly a few times and like, you know, you've got Karen in my ear going, no, it's amazing, it's amazing. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> but just hearing you talk about In Excess and Michael and the music, I think for Hayden, you, you will go and see them now, won't you? Oh, 100%, because um, if, without sort of patronising you, Blair, what I, what I hear from you is a very respectful... Um, uh, appreciative, uh, 
non-self-indulgent front man, so to speak, who's almost like this custodian of the band's legacy and you, you respect it a lot and you treat it really well. And I think, and you know, you're not being a caricature. Yeah. No one wants to see an impersonation, you know. Um, you can't replace, as you said, you can only celebrate. But I think you're really a, an excellent, what I call custodian of the legacy because the, the band can't play anymore or they're choosing not to, given the circumstances. Um, and I think that's a credit to you because um, they're special to me and anyone who's out there promoting them, I want them to be good. And I, and I, I can sense through hearing what you're doing, what you're about. You know, I can't wait for you guys to get to Melbourne at some stage or I, or if a flight restrictions come, I can go up to Lazotte or Narrabeen or whatever and join you up Oh, there, my yeah? God, Hazen, you've yeah. got to get to Narrabeen oh, in well, November. Yeah. Because that's, oh, that's I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I'm there. Good. We appreciate that because that, that is something that we, as, as, as a group, um, hope to... Um, that's, that's exactly... You guys have said exactly... You guys should write our biographies. That's what we want. That's that brief. Uh, we we would never pretend or even even consider anything as crazy as trying to replace anything. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 this is such a well loved band. We feel like we we're, we're holding somebody's infant, and we just need to you know look after it. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Australian Australians wouldn't let you get away with it. Linux fans wouldn't let you get away with it. No, no, and and you know that's why that's why down to the things that we, you know, um, you're not going to catch me ever wearing stars and striped black and white pants. That's not happening. Like that's his. He that's for him. That's, yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. that. Yeah. Because that that's getting into a different yeah. realm of. Like naffness. I mean, if you're if you're performing with Presley songs, you're probably supposed to wear a jumpsuit. But then again, if you, how cool would that be if you didn't have this ridiculous image of some guy who's not Elvis? You know, where if you had some guy wearing today's clothes and performing Elvis songs, you your mind would be blown. If you weren't distracted by this this caricature on stage, correct? Yeah. Never one. One of the best. Um, best thing that we ever hear, best compliments, is I closed my eyes and it sounded like I was there. And and that's that's what we want. We we we, we want to sound as close to what in excess sounded like. Um, we have the bil- ability to do it. So we um, make sure we don't cut any corners. When you go <laughs> you're gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are very, very good. that was a fantastic interview that's going to be in a few parts because we just uh, couldn't stop talking we had such a fun fun time together so um unfortunately Hayden's not with me now he had to pop off so that's a wrap for episode five I hope you enjoyed it um that chat was a zoom chat and it was um three of us one over up in uh, Melbourne one in Sydney and uh, one in Coffs Harbour so uh I hope you can put up with it. It was a Zoom chat. Um, so we'd like to um, play out into our um, cover tune um, for this week. It is 
um, a live version. Um, I liked this tune myself. Hayden didn't. We hope you can um, get to listen to it and uh, let us know. Um, yeah, so uh, it's a bye from Hayden, I'm sure, and a bye from me. Bye. Bye.